Welcome to Funding the Dream on Kickstarter. I'm Richard Bliss with a very special edition. We are, uh, this is a, a collective co-podcast. My uh, co-podcaster is uh, Stephen Avery. Stephen, welcome. Hey, this is also the Pirate Podcast. We're going to do this together. There are, there are five of us here in the mountains of North Carolina, deep in the woods in a cabin. Uh, cabin in the woods, we've heard that that's been made into a movie. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Deliverance. Deli- no, not Cabin that. in the Woods. Cabin, Cabin in, the woods. in the Woods. Oh, even, yeah, even better. Yeah, even better. And so a quick introduction of uh, all my, uh, our, our co-host podcasters here as we're kind of taking a break from gaming and some of the stuff that we're doing. Hey, this is Robert Burke. Mark Kale. This is Nathan Mimmons. And, and again, Steve Avery. Steve yeah. Avery. I thought we were in a ship, though. We're, gonna, we're on a ship? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just <laughs> messing with you. So let's so let's talk about. Uh, so this is a joint podcast. So I did the introduction. You do the next segment, which is. Oh yeah, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Oh, <laughs> oh that's a good segment. Hey, Robert, what do you got? I am drinking rum, black Malibu rum, coconut, uh, and Diet Coke. And I have been into the Malibu coconut rum and Diet Coke myself. I'm drinking Fat Tire. And I got an ice cold Corona, and I got a bottle of Coca Cola. So we're uh, we're at all boo. ends of boo, whatever. <laughs> I have to drive home tomorrow. What are you talking about? Yeah. To California. All right, and so uh, yeah, to California. Speaking of that, yes, we're here in North Carolina. Normally, the show's uh, broadcast from San Jose, California. It's been great. Uh, Robert invited us all up for a game weekend. So a gathering of freaks. freaks. A gathering of freaks. All right. Take that, Alan Moon. Yeah. <laughs> I have to edit that part out. <laughs> okay, so what do we want to talk about? Let's talk about, uh, this is going to be, for those of uh, my fans who are listening to the show, this is going to be a game, board game-centric episode. So if you don't want to listen to the board gaming side of it, some of you have expressed that desire to have the topics changed, go listen to something else right now, because uh, we're going to go ahead and stick to board gaming, because that's what we're here for, right? Because yeah. we're cool, too. Well, board gamers games. are cool, so you should listen to it. All right, let's talk about then... Well, also, the, I was going to say, some of the Kickstarter information, though, spans... It does. Not just board games, but applies to a lot of other aspects of Kickstarter. It does. Right? So, really? Yeah. <laughs> but what are we playing lately, first of all? So, We've been yeah. playing a lot of oh, games. Oh, this weekend we played a ton of great stuff. Steve has brought all of his ripped boxes of games from the 1950s, which has been very <laughs> We've played a lot of old Milton Bradley, so it's been definitely different. We played oh my gosh. Astron? Astron. Astron, 1950. Hey, that's yeah. that's like bleeding edge technology in 1950s. Oh, yeah. We just played a lot. Rolling board. It's got a, yeah. like a scrolling board with a clear sheet over top of it. Yep. Lead and pieces, which lead is great for the yeah. children. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Lead pieces. Delicious. <laughs> and you move your little airplanes around the board with action cards. And They're not you, airplanes. They're rocket ships. A rocket ship. Yeah. Like Flash Gordon looking thing. Oh, yeah. And, and you try to score by landing on airports and, uh, and you try to not take penalty cards by landing on, on hazard zones like tornadoes. mountains and yeah. tornadoes. Yeah, it's yeah. not nearly as fun as it sounds. <laughs> okay. And we all played, and, and 
we enjoyed ourselves. Very glad. Yeah, very glad that we played that. Uh, We will never play that one again, but that (laughs) one was fun. What else have we been playing? We have been playing some great games, though, haven't we? Yeah. We have. A lot of little bluffing card games that we love. We've played some bigger games, Shadows Over Camelot and Tammany Hall and... Mark's Hey, don't forget about Taiwan Snack Bar. Taiwan (laughs) Snack Bar. bar. Mark, tell us why you brought Taiwan Snack Bar. Yeah, it was a hit. Uh, It's actually... At the first of the year, I had a, a whole long list of games that were on my shelf that I hadn't played yet, and this one I actually won in a Geek List uh, auction drawing, and I thought it was going to be a one-hit wonder that we played and put back on the shelf, but I played it one time, and we had a great time, and so I brought it this time to the weekend, and we've had a great time playing it, and it's just a great little card game uh, that generates a lot of buzz and a lot of excitement. So we enjoyed it so much. We played it. Ba- That's one of the few th- this weekend. Yeah. We played back-to-back. It's Did an we- eating contest, and you've got to eat things. Like, maybe Steve can remember some of those oh, things. Oh, I, I have the uh, pig blood rice stick. Pig, pig, blood. pig blood rice stick. Stinky tofu. Oyster omelet stinky is one. Tofu. Stinky tofu. Oh, yeah. it was great. I could eat some stinky tofu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do stink like tofu. But yeah. eventually you say, no more. Uh, no, no more. No more. <laughs> So we had a lot of fun with that. Uh, what else have we played that was enjoyable? Oh, well, we played almost everything's been enjoyable. Yeah, uh, we played. Uh, I was uh, telling the guys before uh, one game, old game that I really enjoyed this time was Shadows Over Camelot. Um, I've played that before, but it was kind of a little lackluster. But we had a terrific game of that. We did. Yeah, a lot of fun. Avery won. He was evil. He so, was the yeah. Yes. We had a traitor amongst us, and yeah. he won. And he had a lot of fun doing that. And we must uh, all I, be. I love. I love seeing them. Die slowly. <laughs> we did too. And we must be all clairvoyant because we posted it on Twitter before we actually knew that he was the bad guy. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, and he turned out to be that. And so, uh, anything else? And we played uh, prototypes as well. Yeah, lots of prototypes. Some that may make it to Kickstarter. We did. Probably. We've had. Uh, Operation Faust. Operation Faust. Bluffing game in World War II. Yeah, about. Trying to save artwork and, and protect it from the Third Reich. Yeah. So we played that. We played uh, Dark on Desperados. You've changed the name to Rubber Bandits. Rubber, yeah, Banditos. Rubber Banditos. Rubber Banditos. You shoot which, rubber band guns at little little placard figures who are trying to scurry around and gather up. Money. I think you need it a hyphen awesome. in there. It's like Rubber Banditos. Okay. Something. <laughs> something. But one thing to say about uh, Stephen Avery's game, Prototypes, is that the quality of the prototype... Oh. Is as fun to look at, high quality, high quality artwork, components. It's, I mean, it's just one, barely one step below full production. Oh, thanks. I mean, you do. All of them have just been spectacular. Because then we played. You uh, haven't seen Nate's yet, though. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we saw Nate's. He put a three ring binder out there, yeah. pulling out um, pieces of paper. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah I'm pitching uh, tiny epic arenas to uh, Gameland games. Yeah. Maybe that'll get to Kickstarter. Who knows? That was there. And what, what else did we get? And then, so Operation Faust, Tiny Epic Arena. And then, Nate, we're going to get to play yours as well. We haven't even yeah. played yours. Yeah. It's kind of an untitled prototype. So. Yep. We're Who hopefully going to play there. Doppelganger yeah. too. Oh, oh, Blowback was your title. Yeah, right? that's the working title right yeah. now. It's a CIA spy game called Blowback. Like so, it. That, so that brings up something about uh, the Kickstarter, because we're going to talk about Kickstarter and the impact on the board game industry. Because... Uh, Stephen, you had a question about you know who, what are we backing on Kickstarter right now? So, for mm. example, Robert, oh, yeah. our most prolific backer of the group, yeah. how many have you backed? Oh man, I, I backed 150 projects wow. so far on Kickstarter. Almost all board games. 
Almost all board games. All right. yeah. I did back like a music project, and it's just because I wanted to fill in that whole wheel. You know, you can fill in the wheel. Right. So, I'm not familiar with the wheel. So me neither. <laughs> well, yeah, Kickstarter has every sex segment has a, a wheel. Film, color. technology, yeah. publishing, dance, um, and, and like a like a Trivial Pursuit wheel. Every time right. you back a project in a different category. It'll fill in your little wheel showing that you've backed these different um, segments of Kickstarter, yeah. different categorical segments. They used to have just 13 uh, segments. They might still have 13 with a whole bunch of subcategories. Now. And if you fill in the wheel, what happens? You get to fill in the wheel. You're yeah. a wheel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you go to your Kickstarter page, your personal page, you'll see your whole wheel. Yeah, filled this, in yeah this, is a, this would be a great topic for a whole other show <laughs> about the whole uh, psychology the of... The gamification. Yeah, yeah. And the, 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 these like, virtual award, rewards that you, you get, right. it drives me crazy. Yeah. Why, and, and why is that? Because there's nothing tangible. There's not. It's it's like and people buy in so big on these. Well, these. let me tell you why I like it. I like it. I disagree because for me, I, I use Kickstarter, right? So people have backed a lot of my projects, and, and it's really a community, right? So I feel like I need to be involved, and I want to give back to other people that are trying to get their products out there, right? So for me, it's just kind of cool that I've backed a music project and a food project and a technology project and a dance project. I don't care about dance, but I backed one because I wanted that piece of the wheel. It's charity. <laughs> it's not charity. Oh. It's not. I what really, is it? Well, if it's not charity, what is it? It's his obsession it's, to fill up the wheel. I know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. I like, I like crea- I, creative, I understand what it's like to be a creative person and want to get something done, and Kickstarter allows people to do that. So when I see somebody with an idea that I really like, and I think it's a good idea, I want to support them. So the wheel then has incented you to go look at an alternative... At other... Categories. Categories, That right. aren't in the board game space or a particular space that you're interested That's in. That's right. So yeah. it actually has driven you to go look yeah. and find... Yeah, it's not like I just I need to dance a, back a dance project. I need to go... I'm going to back the first one. I actually look at them and watch the videos. And, sure. Yeah. So but, I have another thing is, uh, you know, as a backer, sometimes when I go to look at projects, I'll look at the creators and see what other projects they back, of course. And then if somebody was more, you know, not just a few games, but was more well-rounded and supporting the community, then I'd be more likely to back their project. If you saw, so, oh. kick, so Kickstarter allows you to follow your yeah. friends on Kickstarter. If you see one of your friends back a project, are you more inclined to back it? I'll at least look at it, right. whereas maybe before I want. I mean, that's probably how I find out about a lot of Kickstarter projects is through friend references. Yeah. One thing I do love that they have is they always show what is being backed locally. Yeah, in yeah, your area. That's terrific. fantastic. It's very enlightening to see what's going on. And it might be just a few miles down the road from you. Yeah, yeah. Because, and just, just, just a quick, quick geography uh, roll call here. Robert, you're located in Charlotte, North Carolina area, and Mark uh, Fort Mill, South Carolina. Fort Mill. Now I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, also. Uh, I'm in Johns Creek, Atlanta. Atlanta, North North Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, and then I'm in San Jose. And so, for each one of us, we're look. It is. It becomes a very interesting thing to say. Oh, there's this community of people around me that maybe I was unaware of, and they're not necessarily board gamers, right? Yeah. It's yeah. This uh, this is. I would say this is a very the, our, our, our group here has been brought together through the internet. And we are a global, global community here. And in some ways, some of us have been brought together because of Kickstarter, right? Yeah. That, that the gaming community existed beforehand, which is why it's doing so well on Kickstarter. But that's ratcheted it up on a whole other level. 
because now there's a, we're all talking about before you'd go to board game geek you'd get an Id- identity you know you you participate in conversations but now Twitter Facebook yeah. right YouTube channels as we're watching people do game reviews the energy level around the board game community over the last three years since Kickstarter has really started to pour in all this money. All of us are paying attention, even if we're only back in a couple of projects. Right, Mark, you only back a couple of projects. Yeah, I've only got a few because I just kind of, uh, you know, I've backed a few and then I kind of burned out on, on the idea of Kickstarter that I'm going to put my money up front and then I have to wait six months, you know, to get the game that I haven't played yet and I don't know really what the game is. Let me ask you a question, Mark, just to play devil's advocate. When you go and pay for a movie for your family, your wife and your daughter and yourself, and buy popcorn, it costs probably about as much as a game at least. Well, have, you, have you seen the movie before you went and paid for it? No, you're, you're exactly right. But I will, I, will, I will tell you this, that I don't go to the movies. But oh. that's, that's, that's the honest truth. I mean, it's just, and I've got reasons for that too. I mean, I don't like to go to the movies and there's some kid there talking on his cell phone and somebody who's sure. brought their kid, right. you know, they think they're six months old and needs to go see Avengers. So you Mark know. is the curmudgeon of our group. <laughs> <laughs> but he brings up a good point, and this is a question I want to ask, and that is, is has Kickstarter, right, are, do, are we getting burned out? Are we hitting a wall? Are, are there so many projects out there? It's hard to keep track of all of them. I mean, think about it. If you go to KickTrack right now, and go click on browse under the ga- board uh, under the game category. It'll tell you how many active campaigns are happening right this minute. And usually that number ho- hovers around to 300 to 400 active game projects right now. And each one lasts about 30 days. Wow! So every month you get a three to 400 new projects on Kickstarter for the board game. For excuse me, for the game category alone. Yeah. Now you compare that to the years past, where I mean. You'd see that many games coming out, you know, maybe we're talking three, you know, 300 a month, that's 3,600 a year. Right. Right, it's flooding the market. And some people would say uh, that that's bad for the board game industry, <clears throat> that you're getting buried. We can't see new stuff coming out. Robert, you're a, a new publisher. Uh, you're seeing some success with your stuff. Stephen, you've been involved with the, uh, the Old Guard publishing for quite a while. So where, where is this? Is this good for the industry? Is this bad for the industry? What's happening? I think it's absolutely good because, <clears throat> first of all, you, when you're talking about board games, you're talking about a print run of between 1,000, maybe 6,000. At the very top end, maybe 10,000 at the very top end. That's not a lot of people. It's not a lot of people. To sell to sell through and get rid of all those yeah products. but okay but I've heard board game retail stores tell me that oh no no five thousand copies on Kickstarter uh, saturated the market I'm not going to carry that game because everybody's got one well that depends that depends I mean that's I mean you don't know it depends on how it's received after it's released too right true I mean they said I don't know if they said that about Zombie Side or Cards Against Humanity <laughs> but I think some of those retailers are wishing they kickstarted those games. Yeah, right. true. I, I, for the for board games, though, I think a five thousand print run is a kind of a saturated market, only because the board game community is relatively small. I mean, that's for a traditional publisher, five thousand is a large print run. Right. They 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 feel very strong that that game is going to be extremely successful, and typically they'll run more like a two thousand, three thousand. And, and we're starting to see even more dropping below that. 
We're starting to see one and dones. Right, exactly. Right, 800 copies, 1,000 copies, and then we never see that game again. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's kind of my, uh, my issue with Kickstarter is the fact that of those 300 games that are coming out, I mean, how do you weed out the ones that, you know, you've got 20% that are good games from people who just couldn't get them published. You know, you got 20% that are bad games that there's a reason that the publishers wouldn't pick them up. You've got 20% that are big publishers that you can pretty much guarantee you're going to get the game, but you probably would have gotten the game anyway, but it's just convenient for them to get their money up front. You've got uh, 20% that are just out-and-out scammers, you know, that are just out to get your money. Oh, it's not that high. No, I don't think it's that high. No, no, no. I don't don't either. I mean, I'm just... There's a few, whether they're scamming because of fraud or incompetence. Well, that was my last group is the people that... And I feel sorry for these people, but they publish publish a game and then don't realize until after the fact that they're actually going to lose money on producing this project. Yeah, but what, but what we're seeing, though, I think is, is that, and Robert's here is a good indication, is that if you're a new publisher, the resources available to you today to, to avoid, I mean, how many friends have we ever met who has a garage full of games pre-Kickstarter where they maxed out their credit cards, they took out a second mortgage on their home because they were absolutely convinced that this game was going to be the next big thing. Right. And now it's sitting in their garage. Yeah. yeah. Yet now we're starting to see, because you can listen to podcasts, you can read documents, you can get white papers, you can go to cons, you can go to seminars. We have yeah. Unpub now. There's all these resources that are helping somebody. Yeah. And that's a great point because even traditional publishers that are turning to Kickstarter now, that's a... A big reason why they're going to Kickstarter because it helps them test the market, yeah. right? To see how big of a print run should we do, because you never really know how the market is going to respond to a product. Okay, Stephen. Right. And to your point, also, I was going to say is that uh, I have noticed a dramatic increase in the the quality of the game components, only because the information is finally getting out there to uh, these small publishers. Where do I go to get this printed? How you know? How how do I do this? Where can I get miniatures? Where can I you know? How do I do a print run? All that I mean, all that information now is becoming a lot more readily available, and um, and also I, I think, or at least I would hope that people realize that you can't do it all. You can't right. you can't be a great graphic designer and artist and proofreader. You know, and, and, game and designer, designer and, and run a company, and but, you know, so and, and so. Uh, I think those two factors there. I'm seeing a lot. Just I just noticed this last Origins, which Origins always has quite a few uh, Kickstarter, new Kickstarters, because the uh, the the price point for a booth is very low. Right. Right. So it's easy to go around and see a lot of new new Kickstarter games. A lot of stuff you may have even missed. Um, but I was just looking at just the quality of the components, and I thought to myself, wow, these guys are finally getting a clue. Some of these look as good as some of the big companies. Right. And these are people that are, this is their very first attempt at publishing a game, and they're putting out some, some beautiful-looking games. So I, I think that's a, a, a great thing, that this information is finally getting out there and really saturating and, and sinking into the the new new designers and publishers. So we got 45 seconds left. In the last 45 seconds, Stephen, I'll ask you because um, it's been mentioned here: the big gamers getting, the big companies getting into Kickstarter. Should they be worried? 
Should they be worried that there's a Burke Games coming up behind them and it's gonna some one of these companies is gonna come along and take them out? I, I don't think they should be worried. I think there's the market's still big enough for everybody. I really do. Still, but is there a point where if if they don't move fast enough, that these little guys, the Robert Burks of the world, are going to be just running? I think the traditional game publishers should think a little bit about how they do business. Although it is a trade-off. This is a, uh, hard to squeeze in forty-five seconds. It's a trade-off. Um, you are putting in more effort to run a Kickstarter than you are to just just print the game. You have to maintain the campaign. You have to, to build up those contacts. And so you're trading uh, labor for, uh, you know, convenience. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been a, a great a special edition here out of the mountains of North Carolina. We've uh, had a great time. And I want to thank all my guests and Stephen sharing the Pirate Podcast with us as we've done this simul- simulcast. Woohoo! Woohoo! Thanks for listening. Uh, I'm not sure you heard anything inspiring, but it's certainly been interesting. So uh, hopefully, hey. no, it's been uh, <laughs> it's been okay, inspiring. Uh, right. Yeah, there we go. All right, thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Bye bye.